Did y'all see? Did y'all see? We got Zach Randolph. Did anybody see that? Yes, sir. You see the move Isaiah pulled off? Yes, sir. Did anybody see what yes, Isaiah sir. pulled off for yes, the New York Knicks? That's right. Did yeah. anybody see what he did? Yes, sir. We got Zach Randolph. So now we got a beast to throw the ball down low to. Uh, nope, nope. 2008 Stephon Marbury, that signing, and all the other Isaiah Thomas signings ain't gonna do shit for the Knicks. Nickish Podcast, Episode 5. They scared now! Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Nickish Podcast. My name is Mo. I'm here with Nafi, uh, and you know it's it's Monday, start of the start of the week. But here we are. We're talking about the NBA and the Knicks. So, Nafi, man, how are you doing? Not bad, man. I mean, I'd say I'm the opposite of the Knicks right now, who are very bad. So, which is actually good. I mean, I hope I, I hope that didn't confuse our listeners. But yeah, I'm doing good. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, every year we're at a point where the Knicks just piss us, piss us off and we get angry. But you know, this year with a four and thirteen record, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy by that because I think Fizdale is a genius. Somehow, some way, he pulls it off. He gets us to, you know, he gets the Knicks guys to play really well, and then at the end, he kind of shifts around a little bit, and then we lose. But then that helps us out in the long run. Yeah, he's also a genius because he's just he's pissing off Enos Kanter, so that's that just warms my heart. You know what I mean? Like I, I saw the quote the other day where the reporter asked him about Kanter being like, like you know, just he fudged his huggies and he's just all uptight and shit because he's got benched and shit. So like Fitzgerald is like my number one priority is developing, and I was like music, like developing the youth, and that was like music to my ears. You know what I mean? Because like we we never had a coach like that that was just like giving in. Like, that didn't give in to, like, veteran players like Fisher and Monin. And, like, obviously, Fizdale sees his he – got, he got his eyes on the prize, and he sees the bigger bigger picture. Like, there's no point, like, like kind of giving in to Canner and shit. So, like, I fuck with that. And, like, anything that just annoys that big bag, bag of shit is A-OK in my book. You know what I mean? Yep. And, you know, we're going to go off a, l- a little bit on, on our favorite player, Canner. But – you know, so far the Knicks have been, they've lost to the Orlando Magic uh, two games in a row. They lost to the Pelicans in a really close game. Uh, that, was a, that was a really great game, and uh, the Knicks played really well, but, you know, they, uh, the Pelicans, they have a great group of players who, you know, topped it off at, at the end. Uh, AD came off with 40-plus points, and they they got the, you know, they, they took the L there, the Knicks, but... So far, I mean, what are you, what are your key takeaways so far? We'll we'll get to Ennis Canner in a moment. Uh, we'll leave him for a little bit later. But uh, what, what do you think so far? How's how's Fizdale doing? Um, uh, I mean, yeah, just like building up my own point earlier. It's just uh, I do dig 
like what he's doing so far. Like he's been making a lot of lineup changes, and I know Knox is back after com- after coming off that injury, so he's trying to incorporate him back into the into the lineup. And um, I'll be honest, our, our baby boy Frank ain't been uh, playing so hot lately. It's like, and I feel like it's to be expected of a twenty year old like international prospect in his second year in the league. You know, not even like twenty games into his second season. You know what I mean? So. We always knew his offense was going to be up and down. I think that's the biggest thing right now. Uh, but his defense is still there. And, like, yeah, going back to Fisdale, like, he's 100% focused on playing the young dudes. You know what I mean? And I and I love that wholeheartedly because he played the young dudes the majority of the minutes. He focused on them. It'll obviously lead to more L's, but in the long run, it's going to help because they're going to develop. You know what I mean? Like, he had a quote the other day saying how, like, he put all the young guys in the fourth quarter. I think it was in the Pelicans game. He wanted them to face that pressure of, like, yo, this is a tight game. Like, you're going to face that pressure. Let's see, like, what you guys can do, if you guys can handle it. And that's, like, it's like trial by fire, right? It's like you don't you don't get diamonds. You don't put pressure on your call, right? So I uh, fuck with that, that whole vision, like, what he's, like, doing. And I've seen some, like, just, like, complaints here and there about how, like, his offense is, like, not sophisticated. He's not running, really running shit. And he's just, like, kind of running ISO and letting them play free. But that's, like, what else are you going to do with young players that are, like, just literally learning the NBA game? You can't institute, like, a sophisticated, you know, ball movement, people movement, like, Golden State Warriors kind of offense when, like, these young kids literally don't know, like, like the fundamentals yet. So if he's, he's just letting them play, doing a lot of ISO and shit like that. And I think it works because – at the end of the day, this is a rebuilding year. Our best franchise player is, is on the shelf, rehabbing. And literally just all about, like, developing the youth. And in the long run, it's going to help us because we get a, get a you know, top two, top three pick, hopefully. So, yeah, I think what Phil is doing. But, I mean, do you see any downside so far? I mean, I know, like, this kind of, like, I, I kind of touched on it. It's, like, it's the thing with the offense. But do you see anything that kind of catches your eye in terms of, like, what's something that's kind of a red flag or what do you think all all good vibes so far maybe maybe the one thing is i'm not sure if he's very good at making up a final play you know what i mean so there are several games Mm -hmm. uh i forgot who they were playing recently but they went to overtime and they were just you know last last second plays and he didn't really drop anything too too great ended up being an iso play and a pull-up three and i read an article that that was something that was a problem back in memphis when he coached there uh, for the Grizzlies, so if there's anything that's a red flag, that's the only one that I've noticed. Uh, but apart from that, yeah. he's been handling the media just well, uh, or really great, and he's been backing up all of his players. And you know, like you mentioned earlier, he's not giving in to all the all the rants and all the bullshit, you know, quote unquote cryptic tweets from from veterans and and want, who are wanting to play. And he's just, you know, he's zoned in. He's he's going in on what he promised, and that's developing the players, which is what every real Knicks fan really wants but yeah I I wanted to ask you about Frank Nilakina. do you think do you think maybe he's you know dealing with some some uncertainty about what he's supposed to do you think he's still not you know mentally there he's not sure there's a I think recently on his last game uh against the Magic he went scoreless or almost not not just scoreless but almost shotless he didn't take a single shot in maybe 20 minutes but I understand there are other players who are there to shoot, but you think he's kind of still sh- going through that struggle of figuring out how or what kind of player he should be? Um, I think this actually ties into Fizdale, the whole Fizdale and coaching thing. So, 
like let's be honest, Frank's been slumping lately. Like a shot ain't been falling, and just like if a shot ain't falling, his aggressiveness, like he's not aggressive by nature as a player, and that's like kind of like Fizzo trying to coach it out of him. But when his shot isn't falling, he's not going to be aggressive at all. So I think that's why Fizzo kind of like brought Burke and Moutier back into the like the prominent like minutes at the point guard, and went back to playing Frank at like the wing near me at small forward shooting guard. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to help him because. Honestly, right now at this point, like Frank, like yeah, there's like there's 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 definitely a benefit to like putting him out there, putting the ball in his hands, and seeing what he can do. But there's also like a benefit of him playing with another like ball handler and like playing off the ball and just developing these other skills to the point where like if his jump shot becomes money and you could you could count on that, the defense has to account for his uh, his shooting, right? So he'll be able to get easier driving lanes and shit like that. So. I definitely feel like Fizzle got a got a good big picture mindset with, with player development. You know what I mean? So I'm not really worried about Frank. I, I know after after a recent really shitty game, I think it was literally the Orlando game. He went into the gym and like apparently he lifted and then like sh- shot some more. You know what I mean? So that to me, that's 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 dope. You know what I mean? Like he's out there like doing what he needs to do to get better. He's taking it seriously. And I saw um, former Knicks head of scouting Clarence Gaines he's no longer with the organization but he was on Twitter saying how like the legend a lot of the legend himself yeah the legendary Clarence Gaines a lot of people sleep on his legend son I'm telling you but that's that's we'll, we'll do a whole Clarence Gaines episode down the line but he was on Twitter talking about Frank how like because he's the one that scouted him like personally you know what I mean he was Phil's right hand guy he went to France he went to Belgium seen Frank play up close and he was saying how like the thing with Frank is literally all between the ears. You know what I mean? Once that light goes off, like once he actually like clicks and that aggressiveness becomes like a, like an everyday mindset, like the sky's going to be a limit. That's basically what he said. He just like, cause he saw it in like, I think it was the under 19 championships over in Europe. So that's like the underage, under the age of 19 players that play in the league. He, Frank was in a prominent ball dominant role and he was aggressive consistently. You know what I mean? So it's just literally about transferring that kind of mindset to like a, a consistent kind of, Way of way of doing things, you know what I mean. So, I think Clarence is his his scouting acumen is fucking on point. You know what I mean? He's impeccable. His reputation speaks for itself. And to the fans out there that don't know who he is, look him up. That dude's a fucking legend. Go back to the '90s Bulls. So, I scout. I, I trust his scouting eye, and just the fact that he has that kind of faith in Frank. You know, I I don't I don't. I'm not worried about Frank at this point. You know, like, maybe if in two years he's still having these issues, then yeah, he's going to be a definite red flag. But at this point, he's not even old enough to drink. So, I mean, that that goes back to the bigger bigger takeaway, as in, like, Fizdale is, uh, is going to take care of Frank, and he's in good hands. But let's uh, let's go back to let, – let's just let's fucking get on with it. So you were talking about how like, we're getting, like, uh, players being all – having an attitude and shit, like, or – you know, kind of ranting. Like it's not. I wish it was ranting. Who got Kenner's attitude? Being a big. Who who has attitude? What are you talking about? That that big old bitch Kenner. Like I wish he had like a more direct rant or whatever. He's out there being passive aggressive on Twitter, and then the media is asking <laughs> about benching and shit. And he's just like, nah. Next question. Next question. He's a big old bitch. Like, like he be tweeting you, periods. That's all he does. He just he just tweets periods. Right, and then, and then you know what he told him when the media asked him about him. You know what he said? He's like, "No, it's only gonna get bigger." Like, bitch, get the fuck out of here! First of all, you're the one that opted into your contract and decided to stay, even though you knew we were going to a rebuilding year. Two, you're not this good enough to be like talking this much shit. You go out there, put up empty numbers, play zero def- defense, grab your boards, put up empty stats, and don't give a fuck about like the whole team. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, 
the, you rely on your box score to prop you up, even though like anybody with a discerning eye can see that you not you have no fucking effect on winning basketball. You know what I mean? You, I, yeah, and I saw something that Posting and Toasting put recently, and I'm so happy that they did it. He will. He, he'll, he'll set a screen, right, for uh, a player, and he won't really put his body on the defender, and he'll just automatically roll in and just try to get in the low post and just try to get the rebound. That's all he does. He just tries to crash boards and just put it right back up. That's how he gets yeah. his points. That's how he gets his numbers. And then you see you know, fans who don't really see what we see, and they're like, yo, he's getting like 20-20 all the time, but that's all he does. He just he doesn't help the rest of his team. He'll cra- he'll, he'll get a rebound and stack up on 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 the box score and put that right back up and then exactly, he'll score dog. two points and he'll give up three more right away. Exactly, he doesn't play dog. defense. He's exactly, he's out there spamming on the offensive boards and on defense he's literally stealing defensive rebounds from teammates. So like how that go? Like you out there just literally trying to inflate your box score to look better and try to get yourself another contract. And I see you playboy like do what you got to do to get paid, but at the same time don't fucking act like you some superstar, you know what I mean? Like He's bitching about not playing in the fourth quarter, but there's a fucking reason you're not playing in the fourth quarter, bro. This is a tanking team, and you're not getting crunch time minutes. That's on you, because you play zero fucking defense. That's been the book on Canner since he stepped foot on NBA court. You know what I mean? Like, this is a clip literally of Billy Donovan in the playoffs. Was it OKC versus Rockets, 2017 playoffs? Canner again repeatedly cooked. And, like, the camera zooms in on Donovan, and he's literally looking at his assistant coach saying, you can't play Canner. You know why? Because he, in the playoffs... Or in any meaningful basketball game, they just got to run pick and roll, pick and roll canner to death, and he's barbecue chicken. You know what I mean? So how is that kind of player going to act with, give an attitude? Like, he's literally the reincarnation of Amari, but at least Amari was explosive, you know what I mean, offensively. This dude can't even do that. He spent all summer, like, gassing up, like, the fact that he's taking threes now, but he's taking, like, what, maybe five threes total in the season? Man, get this dude off my team. Like, that's, 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 that's me on canner for now. Like, get him off the team, Doug. Yeah. He was talking about playoffs. I think – I don't even think it was – it's been two weeks since he talked about playoff aspirations for the Knicks. It's just I, – I, you're right. I don't I don't know what he was expecting when he signed up, but I think he thought that with his Instagram videos and Snap videos and just talking about how Times Square is his home and he's how he's a real apparent New Yorker that, you know, the fan base will get behind him and – Unfortunately, that that is a case for some New York fans, but I don't really I, I don't really know what he was expecting. But yo, you think we can trade him? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we can trade him. We'll find a dumb enough suitor. You, you, I'm, I'm sure we're thinking about the same team. I know we're thinking about the same team right now. I mean, what team are you thinking? What team would let's say let's say let's say North Let's say it on three. Who would trade for? I, I hope you get this. I, <laughs> It'll suck if you I'm don't. Gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be a hundred percent real with you. I don't think any team out there wants Canner, but like, Come go on. ahead. Uh, There's one team. There's one team that might go for him. The Kings. The Kings. The Kings. Yo, what's funny is, like, I know they're the Kings, and damn son, Popo Popo. Uh, caught up with Canada's defense too. That shit is flagrantly a crime too. I feel that. Welcome to Queens. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what was this? Yeah, so like the Kings. Honestly, I feel like they actually got their shit together and like they're actually no, that's not true. I just seen a report how like they're they've got like turmoil and they want to fire their coach even though they're having their best start in like four years. So like yeah, the Kings will do Kings things. But I think the bigger thing is they want to play their young guys and Canada. He's if he's bitching here, he's going to bitch in Sacramento. At least now he could pretend to be a big-time celebrity in New York. You know what I mean? So, like, good for him. But 
Um, I honestly don't think any teams out there are going to want to trade for him. Like, if anything, like, this is probably a long shot, but I'm hoping it happens. Like, if he keeps acting like a little pouty, like, big diaper-ass bitch, like, maybe we just buy him out and cut him, you know what I mean? And he just joins, like, a contender and then, sit, like, sits on a bench in the playoffs and pretends like he matters. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Nobody out there is dumb enough to trade for Kenner anymore. At least I don't, I don't, I don't hope. I, I don't think so, but I hope they do. Shit. Yo, man, make room for Zion. Make room for Zion. You been watching him? Yo, third takeaway. Uh, that's our third takeaway right there. You know, we had the Fizdale, we had the Canner, a little little truth segment, and then this is like our future baby boys. Yo, that Duke Big Three is looking good as hell, son. Like you, what what, what you make of him so far? Yo, he's a he's a tank. He is a beast. He's six foot seven, but he got the body of uh, I don't even I don't I don't even know what else we can say. He's averaging twenty five crashing 10 boards getting three blocks but he got handles he got the shot and he could just man like it's just it's crazy seeing a player like him and i don't think we've ever i don't think we've ever seen a player like zion williamson we did in year 2003 from st vincent st mary high school but i know that's a lofty comparison but goddamn, that's who i think when i see him but if anything I see Zion play. It literally looks like Draymond Green with like the Westbrook like explosiveness, athleticism. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a fucking scary sight, son. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, and the thing is, like Zion might not even be the best, be the best player on his team because that boy from Canada, R.J. Barrett, he looks ridiculous too. He looked like a, like a young T Mac, and I'm not even gonna get like a lot of you. I'm not guessing that literally what that young boy looked like, like a lefty T Mac. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Yep. Keep losing, Knicks. We're we're four and thirteen right now. I think, you know, we're in the bottom four or five. Who are we competing with? The Cavs. Bulls. 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 Cavs. Hawks. Yeah. Suns. Magic maybe. No, this Magic. Like Magic whole... have been doing a lot better. Magic have been putting it together lately. So maybe not the Magic, but the Hawks are probably. It's gonna, early. The Hawks are probably going to end up with the the worst record. Phoenix. I don't know. Um, but. You know, hopefully, we can we can get one of these two guys. Cam Reddish is no scrub. He's scoring sixteen and four oh, yeah. right now. I mean, that's we per- Yeah, I mean, not to cut you off, but that's pretty. That those two big three are probably like the top three picks in the draft next year. Like honestly, yep. you know what I mean. So if we if we're bad enough to be top three, I, I will happily take any of those three. You know what I mean? Like Cam Reddish gets slept on just because of those two, but like he was like, I think Duke is the first team in the history of college basketball to have the. That all three top high school recruits on the same team, like one, two, three. You know what I mean? That's fucking insane. And like Cam Reddish is like, he's he's like the Chris Bosh of the crew, but he's still nice. He got a shot, smooth handle. You know what I mean? He played point guard since he was like a kid. You know what I mean? He's like six eight two. I feel like all all three of them dudes is just so versatile. You know what I mean? Like Zion played point guard all through high school. You watch him play, he's literally like a. a a tanked up fucking Westbrook. It's crazy. Like, yeah, just keep losing this. Just, just like, yo, just do it. Like, keep doing. Keep, it. Just, just play Canner forty eight minutes a night. Fuck it, do it. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna make my eyes bleed. But if we get Zion, like, it'll be worth it. Definitely, we're gonna, we're gonna keep following those three Duke kids, uh, for the whole year. You know, so almost oh, definitely. But I mean, today's. The main thing we're going to talk about today are who we think the top eight are going to be in the East. So, 
you know, as we do that, we'll oh, talk yeah. about what we think are is going on different teams and what we predict, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you want to go with your top eight? I mean, before we even get into that, I mean, we had our first big blockbuster trade of the season, man. We're not going to – I know we haven't recorded since it happened. So You're right. Give me Butler to the Sixers, son. Like, let's put it out there. Sixers, besides the Warriors, are the only team in the league with three top 20, 25 players. Yep. Tell me not. Tell yep. me not. That's crazy. And it just kind of happened out the blue. I mean, we kept hearing Miami going after Butler. We, we saw Houston trying to go after Butler. You know what I mean? Like – Sixers came out the blue, and now they got a crazy big three, and it's insane. You know, like I didn't think Jimmy would want to play with another team of youngins, but it's also like it's like a night and day difference. I feel like a mentality between Embiid and Simmons and like Wiggins and Cat. Because like, let's be honest, from everything we read or heard so far about what was going on in Minnesota, Cat and Wiggins seem like pussies, and we know Embiid and Simmons ain't that. So, like, what do you make of that trade, like top to bottom? Well, I mean, let's talk about what uh, who Minnesota got in return for Jimmy Butler, and they got Robert Covington, Dario Sarge, Bayless, and a second round pick, which is which isn't bad. It's pretty good. I fuck with Dario Sarge and Covington. They're both great, good players. I don't know what their contracts are like, but you know they could have gotten four first round picks from the Rockets, but whatever. Uh, for Sixers, great trade. I think I think within the first. Um, Three games that Jimmy Butler played. You saw that game against against the Hornets. What he did, Kemba's sixty point game. At the end, he yeah, real, he real blocked Kemba him. Night. He blocked him, saved the ball, and then hit the game winning three. So that's exactly what you know Butler was brought in to do, and he's doing exactly that. Dude's a beast, and I'm I'm crazy excited to see how he's gonna do. And Philly's only two hours away from here. You know the Knicks aren't gonna be winning too many games, so. Take a bus ride to to Philly and watch some games there. Yeah, and um, just touching on like the Minnesota side again, because like obviously we gotta before we move on to the the big the big part of that story. Like I think Minnesota did kind of, like pretty well, honestly. Like yeah. I like Covington. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's a streaky shooter, but he's a he, I think he was like second team All Defense last year. That dude's an elite def- defender, honestly. Like it's not much of a difference between him and Jimmy on the defensive end. You're not saying a lot. And I feel like a lot of casual fans don't really like know Covington like that. You know what I mean? But he's, he's always a league like, leader in steals. He always gets. He's always one of the top. You know, he, you know, stealers on. on yeah, NBA. and he's versatile too. Yeah, you play him at the two guard. You play him at small forward. You play him at small like power forward. Like, and, and honestly, I feel like he's obviously streaky as an offensive player, but he's he's a really good fit next to Wiggins and and Cat and Sarich. Like. He had a decent rookie year. Like he came in second to Brogdon, right, in the rookie of the year. And then last year, I feel like he started off slow, and then like he shot like what thirty nine percent for three. So he's like a stretch four that can kind of be a playmaker, like try hard on defense. And from everything I read, just like Covington and Sarge are like really good locker room guys. So I feel like after all the drama that's happened in Minnesota, like this is it's like what more can you want? You know what I mean? Two two dudes that fit that are relatively young and like good character guys so i mean that's that's good for minnesota honestly yeah and just to add to that they got jared bayless who is a veteran who's been on a number of teams and with that kind of veteran presence in the locker room that's going to help for sure uh just to make things easier for everybody else i don't really know what were the last few teams that bayless played for but you know he is a 
he's a, a veteran presence that's going to help. And they did get that second round pick in 2022, which can come yeah. in handy in the future. I mean, I don't really think it matters what teams Bayless played for because I think he's going to be playing in China next year. But, yeah, it's neither here nor there. But it's experience. Um, yeah. Yo, so, like, there was a rumored offer. I think Miami offered, like, uh, Kelly Olnick, uh, Josh Richardson. No, and, no. Uh, they said Josh Richardson. future first-round pick. You sure? Yeah, they took him off. Yeah, yeah, So, like, that was the original offer. And then Tibbs was just like, nah, throw in or throw in, like, an extra pick or something. And Pat Riley's like, nah, fuck off. And then, like, they never went back to the – to Minnesota, you know what I mean? So this is let's say Minnesota accepted our offer. Would you prefer that offer over the one they got right now? So like, who was it? Olenek, Richardson, and what was it, first rounder? Per- yeah, and a first round pick for Jimmy. Uh hmm, that's a good question. I I'm a big fan of, of Jason Richardson. He is extremely good defensively. Big fan, huh? I'm a pretty big fan, big fan of him, of his. You just call you just call him Jason Richardson. Josh big Richardson, fan. Josh Richardson. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Josh Richardson. <laughs> uh, we not editing that out. Uh, it, no, no, it's, it's all good. We we're still not professional podcasters. Yeah, this is episode number five. Um, Josh Richardson. I am a big fan of his. He's been killing it. He's been playing very well. I think he's averaging close to twenty. And he gets steals, he gets boards, he shoots the threes, he's efficient. Um, he would have been like a Jimmy 2.0 on, on the Timberwolves, and he's young. But yeah, I, I don't think it's too far off from whatever they got from Philly, because Sarge is good, Covington is no scrub. Uh, he's very good defensively, and they got a pick. But a first-rounder would have been nice, too, depending on the year yeah. that it was for. So if I had to choose between those two, I'd go with the Miami uh, deal. But... Mm-hmm. Philly isn't that far off from it. Same. I feel like Minnesota just kind of like it was. This is like kind of damage control because they like they kind of played themselves. Like they thought they could get more from Miami, and then that didn't happen. So they did the best of what they could. Um, but yeah, I like Josh Richardson more than uh, Covington uh, and Sarge. And I feel like Co- Covington and uh, Richardson are maybe similar levels of player right now. Maybe Richardson's a little better. Just he's kind of breaking out this year. But I feel like he's younger and like. He just would have fit really well with Wiggins and a uh, cat. So like, yeah, Minnesota fucked that up pretty bad, but they didn't do too bad. Um, yeah, I feel like that's that would have been crazy, like Jimmy in Miami. But you know, that's that's it's like a alternate timeline at this point. But uh, let's go back to the main piece, Jimmy and the Sixers, dog. Like, um, I know you said it, like it give, he's a beast. He gives them what they needed, but honestly, like I've been watching Philly before the trade. Like you watch them in crunch time. It's like their offense literally just became like ISO Embiid or just like trying to run Redick off picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like now they got like a closer. So that's a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So with that being said, are you ready to give your your Eastern Conference standings? Like predictions? Your predictions. So we yeah. can just read the by standings. The, yeah. By the uh, <laughs> not the standings, but like yeah, yeah. By the end of the season, who do you think are going to be our Eastern Conference eight? You know, top eight teams. Because right now, the way it's looking, you know, for our listeners, I'll just say right now. First, we got the Raptors, and then the Bucks, and the Pacers, Sixers, Pistons, Magic, Celtics are seventh, and the Hornets are eighth. So. Mm. Surprisingly, the Celtics aren't playing that well as expected from before. They're they're nine and eight right now, and the Magic are nine and eight too. So, 
Um, I told you, man, the, the Magic are doing a lot better. And Milwaukee's up there as expected. The Raptors, as expected, are playing very well. The Pistons are a little surprising. But, yeah, uh, what do you think? How do you think it's going to end up? Uh, uh, how, about, how about you give your list first? Why is it? All right, fine. You sure? You sure you don't want to go? You not ready? No, I'm ready. I just want to like kind of hear your your point of view, Doug. <laughs> All right, no doubt. All right, okay. All right. At eight seed, I got the Miami Heat. At seven seed, I got the Charlotte Hornets. Six seed, I got the Detroit Pistons. Fifth seed, I got the Indiana Pacers. Fourth seed, I got the Boston Celtics. Third seed, I got the Milwaukee Bucks. Second seed, I got the Philly 76ers. And first seed, I got the Toronto Raptors. It's a very spicy list. Very. Yeah, Philly all the way at two, huh? Okay, okay. Why is that? Do you think Boston gets their shit together, or why? I, I think they do, but right now they're starting off 9-8. and eight. I don't know if they're going to... They could go on a big win streak, but fourth seed isn't too bad. And just because Milwaukee's been playing at a diff completely different level, and the Raptors are up there... And Sixers with Jimmy Butler, that kind of changes their landscape. And now they have more of a complete team. I think he was just that missing piece. But, you know, I'm not saying, I don't think, I'm not going to say that Boston's not going to play well. If they end up with a third or second seed, I wouldn't be surprised. But from the way it's looking so far, they have a they have their whole team. They're not, they don't have any injured players, but they're still 9-8. and eight. They're still, I understand they're figuring things out with Gordon Hayward. Um, but I would put them at fourth just because the other three teams are outperforming them right now okay give me your list one last time like eight through one again all right eight through one uh, i'm gonna say a little faster <clears throat> at eighth i got the heat the seventh seed i got the hornets sixth i got the pistons fifth the pacers fourth the celtics third the bucks second the sixers and first the raptors wow no wizards huh you know, you don't think they come together like a big, big dysfunctional family and just have a storybook ending? Nah, you know, you not fucking with that storyline. No, nah, man, they're not the. Uh, I can't even come up with a comparison off the top of my head, but nah, no way, no way. I mean, we'll give them one thing: they're not the biggest shit show in in Washington D.C. You know, this eh? is true. Eh? Touche. See? I see, see what, what I did, did there. Ah, eh? uh, yeah. You're right. talking about your house, right? <laughs> That's uncalled for, man. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, yeah, I, I, I think the Wizards, these these over dramatic, fucking like what? Like first of all, you you have locker room issues last year, right? And your solution, if you're the Wizards GM, is to bring in Austin Rivers, who apparently everybody in the league hates, who Trevor Ariza wanted to stuff in a locker last year, and then and, and you bring him in. You know, and then you also bring in Dwight Howard, who has burned every fucking bridge he's been on in the last five years. So that, that's your magic recipe to kind of saving the Wizards after a season of turmoil. Like, I feel like this season was doomed from the summer, and like I, like I'm with you on that. I don't see them making the playoffs, but like if they decide to keep their core together, which doesn't seem likely, because ESPN just put out a report that they had a really sassy practice today apparently everybody arguing and you know, slapping each other or what have you for not, not slapping each other but you know they, they they were being sassy and over dramatic and whatnot but yeah apparently they're the Beal and Wall aren't untouchable anymore so yeah. maybe some team 
And their lead yeah, superstar, maybe some team goes out there and try. Yeah, their lead superstar, John yeah. Wall, cursed out their head coach. You know, what type of shit is that? That's that's some that's some shit you go you could fucking pull off when you get a fucking two hundred million dollar deal and it ain't even kick in yet. You know what I mean? So like, you know, hats off to John Wall. He finesse king right there. Yeah, you know? get paid and then just completely just lose all desire to give a fuck. The American dream. Come back fat. But, come back fat. So it works out. Come back fat and just like show up to Team USA looking like you've been smoking Newports every hour for the whole summer. So that's. <laughs> Good for a wall. Good for a wall. American dream. But um, yeah. Honestly, if they don't get it together, like I think best case scenario, if they decide to keep it together, they become like an eight seed. But I don't have them in the playoffs as of now. Like I don't think they'd be in the playoffs next year, or like come playoff time, I don't think they'll be in it because I think they're gonna trade one of those two, one of those two like all stars. But um, yeah. All right. I mean, if you want me to go ahead and get my list, I'm I'm ready to go. Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's go for it. All right, so I got Charlotte eighth, Miami seven, Pistons six, Detroit. No, not Detroit. Wait, did I say yeah? Detroit yeah, Pistons. Same shit. All right, number five Indiana, number four Philly, number three Boston, and number two Milwaukee, and that leaves Toronto, and a future MVP Kawhi Leonard up top at number one. Okay. So like slight differences, you know. I mean, I think, like, he's going back to Boston. I feel like just what's happening so far, it's kind of predictable just because you, you got to remember, like, like Kyrie missed the entire playoffs last year. So that meant that Jalen Brown and Tatum and Rozier took on a lot bigger offensive roles, you know what I mean? So, like, it's not just, like, integrating Hayward back into the mix after a big injury. It's, like, integrating Kyrie into the mix after the youngins just kind of showed out, you know what I mean? It's, like, mad players that were, like, used to getting mad touches losing their touches and then you got like dudes like Marcus Smart and uh was it Marcus Morris like not getting as much minutes as they used to because they're so fucking deep so I think these are just these issues like their offense is pretty bad right now they're like 28th I think 24th. last time I checked 24th 24th all right big improvement let's let's get it but um <laughs> I think it'll, it'll clean up just because it's early like it's November I think by the time all-star break rolls around they'll be like hitting their stride and rip off like a big win streak just because like Brad Stevens is the second coming of uh, second coming of Popovich like that dude's a beast so I think Boston will, will kind of uh, like get their shit together and they'll be like a number three seed and then Milwaukee I definitely feel like they're going to hang on to like number two just because Budenholzer came in and he was just like yo we got an MVP unicorn and like Giannis why the fuck aren't we surrounding him with shooters and like bada bing bada boom common sense prevailed and he put fucking shooters around him and now like what they're running through the east like you know, Jason Kidd was a fucking idiot coach but that's 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 let's that's, that's, that's leave that behind but uh yeah Milwaukee number two and I feel like Toronto is just the best team in the east right now and they're my pick to go to the finals if we want to take it there what do you think Which, well, who, who do you think is coming out of the east for the finals I mean you and I both got our number one seed at Toronto but you know with Kawhi Leonard this might be finally the time that Toronto makes it out and goes to an Eastern Conference Finals and actually you know put in some work there but with Kawhi Leonard uh yeah yeah I would say they could they would be the team to make it to the finals because he's too good and he has that experience and he has that playoff experience and that winning mentality so not not to push shade on DeMar DeRozan for not being able to do it, but DeMar DeRozan just wasn't good enough. 
and Kawhi Leonard is. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan was a regular season like superstar. You know what I mean? He, I never believed in him, and then in the playoffs, he always folded like a cheap tent. So it is what it is. Like they replaced the dollar store superstar with a real one. So now they're like the second best team in the league. Like go figure, right? Because like, like besides Kawhi, like Lowry kind of like falls into like that perfect number two role all he has to do is like facilitate to their shooters and like play great D and he's like playing like not as many minutes anymore you know what I mean because he doesn't have to worry about being the one playmaker on the floor you know what I mean like even though DeRozan improved on that but yeah I fucking love their like young players like OG I know we were both liking him in the draft I think it was last year right and yep. he was he kind of like I can't believe he fell that far like what the fuck you know what I mean um yeah I mean I love their young players I love their bench and their new coach is like, I mean, it's to be seen how he does it in the playoffs, but it's, uh, I think Toronto, Toronto definitely is going to come out the East. And yeah, I, don't let's even, not, I don't even think they'll Let's not forget, yeah. they're they're finally a whole team now. Ibaka just came back and Danny Green is mm. back, I, back too, I believe. So that's, they're only going to get even stronger, especially defensively. So there's that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. They, it, in the Kawhi trade, Daniel Green was a fucking throw-in. And he's like the prototypical 3 and D role player. And he was just like a side piece in a deal. Like, that's crazy. Yo, Toronto, like, hats off to him. That was, that was a good-ass deal. Crazy. Now they just got to convince him to stay. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and I don't know if... I don't think we talked about it in any of our released episodes, but... Um, when we were going back on it, and I think you asked me once, you're like, well, you know, if, is it worth it if Kawhi is a one-year deal? And I, and I, my, my point was absolutely. This is their best team that they've ever had, and he's the best player they've ever you know, had in their uniform, and this is their shot to make it to the finals. And so far, it's held true. Um, they might actually have a decent, kind of decent, sort of decent shot at, at, uh, at winning the title, or at least you know, making it to the finals. Uh, probably not going to win the title, but... Um, at least making it there, or at least getting a chance to. I mean, hey, yo, Kawhi damn near took out the Warriors himself before Zaza played that dirty bullshit on him. Was it like a year ago? Almost two years ago. So his team is arguably better now. Like the the Raptors, I feel like this roster is like a really modern fit. It's like the whole roster is just fucking three and D players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crazy. 3 and D players that know how to cut, move, pass. Um, you got smart playmakers like uh, Fred Van Fleet and uh, Kyle Lowry. Like, I don't know. I don't see Kawhi leaving, but that's like a summer storyline. But as far as like this season, like they definitely the team to beat in the East, I think. And I don't even think Boston will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Ooh, uh, hard to tell. I think they're a better playoff team. I, I mean, I think it's been proven they're a better playoff team uh, just just for making it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. So I would say that they have a good chance at it. But also, you know, Jimmy Butler's there. And it's, this is an exciting time for, for the Eastern Conference. It's, there's no one. There's no way of telling who's going to make it to the Conference Finals. You can't just be like LeBron and, and this team. So, um it's an exciting time for for the East. Playoffs are gonna be crazy, man. Like if we see Sixers Raptors in the playoffs, we got Kawhi matched up with Jimmy Butler for a seven game series. Yo, sign me up, Doug. Kawhi versus Giannis. 
Yo. <laughs> Honestly, that's my pick for the uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals: Bucks, Raptors. Yeah. Like at this point right now, like November before Thanksgiving, I think that's the Eastern Conference Finals. Like if you know, obviously health permitting, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if you want to do the West, or you want to save that for a uh, next episode, give give the our loyal audience something to uh, anticipate and look forward to. Nah, yeah, we're gonna leave that for next week. Talk about who we think are going to make it to the playoffs from the Western Conference. Uh, plenty of stories to go there. The West is just as dramatic as the East. There's so much shit going on. And who knows, this next week, there might be more shit going on. Um, so yeah, tune in next week for, for, our, for our next episode for, to, to find that out. And that's a wrap, man. Episode 5 is done. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Continue to tune in, listen in. Uh, subscribe and follow us at Nick underscore ish on Instagram. Uh, rate us, review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, you know, just thank you again for listening. No doubt. And uh, spoiler alert, next week, like, when we talk about the West, I mean, like the Warriors are going to go to the finals. So let's just get that out of the way. You, know you mean? sure? But, You're going to put them you know, at one? I mean, I'm saying they're going to the finals. I mean, I don't think they'll win the one seed, but, like, yo, I don't, spoiler alert, they're, they're going to the finals, like, I don't care what traumatic bullshit's happening right now. Like Draymond to call KD a bitch to his face, but they're still gonna probably hang up the tr- like hang up another banner next year. Health permitting, obviously. Of course. All right, and that's a wrap. So thank you, and tune in next week for episode number six. Peace. Peace.